There we go. Good evening and welcome Mizzou fans to the post-game drink presented by Boulevard Brewing Company for the first time this year. Mizzou a 34-24 winner over Central Michigan in the season opener. That of course means Mizzou is 1-0. Before we get to the specifics of the game, I want to remind you this is being brought to you tonight and every night by the Boulevard Brewing Company in Kansas City, Missouri. Look, I've done a lot of free advertising for all of Boulevard's uh, fine products over the years before uh, before we came to an agreement where it was less free to do. But they do have excellent products, a lot of, a lot of good beers you guys can get. But also... Now they have cork cocktails. They are these, uh, you know, the seltzers, all that type of stuff is kind of sweeping the landscape. Boulevard's cork cocktails have some actual real fruit juice in them. Uh, so give those a shot next time you're at the store. Also, go ahead and pick up some Space Camper, some Tank 7, whatever it is, you know, because that stuff is always good. But Boulevard, always reliable. Mizzou, in the end, look... I don't know what your guys' feelings are. I haven't gotten there yet. We're going to take a look at some of the comments. We're going to open up the phone lines in just a minute. I'll put the number on the screen. It's not there yet. This is what we told you was going to happen. Um, It was going to be closer than you wanted it to be at halftime. Missouri was going to stretch it out to like a two-score lead. I think Mitchell picked Missouri to win 37-21 this morning, and I picked him to win 33-20. That's pretty close, right? They didn't quite cover. Um, they didn't look perfect, but it's game one against a team that is good enough on the right day to beat Missouri. And we're going to get into this, I'm sure, throughout the show. But here is my major takeaway from this. And we have said this all offseason long. Missouri fans aren't used to recruiting this way. So because of the recruiting and because the coach is really good at social media and really good at PR... Everybody's super excited, and they they let that maybe impact the view of the season a little bit and got out a little over their skis, starting to talk about, hey, anything less than eight wins is a disappointment. That's not true. Nine to three should happen. That's not true. Challenge, second place in the East, that's probably not true. Look, guys, this is – and if you – catch the coaches in an honest moment where they don't have a a media microphone in front of them, if you're just having a conversation, because I've heard Eli Drinkwitz say this, it is going to be a process. This is not going to happen overnight. I think this program is, look, is eight and four possible this year? Absolutely. But seven and five is not a disappointment. Six and six is not a disaster. I think they're a year away from being close to where they want to be. I think they're two years away from being maybe actually where they want to be. Because to be where you want to be, you've got to stack three and four recruiting classes like this on top of each other. So 34-24, just reading, and look, I will admit, basing things off a message board and Twitter is very dangerous. Maybe the comments here, maybe the general fan base is a little more realistic here. But what I was reading all day was shock and dismay that this was a tie game and that it was a 10-point win. And I just don't – I'm not going to agree with that. Um, I, I, this is pretty much the game I expected. Um, there are some issues 
to be ironed out. There's no question. The offensive line, I'm not sure about, right? I don't think Tyler Beatty can take 25 carries every game. Um, linebacker position, I've had some questions about. They're going to be better in week seven than they are in week one. Um, but overall, I got no real qualms about today. I think maybe it was a reality check for the segment of the fan base that has gotten a little ahead of itself and, and sped up the timetable here for what is I didn't see anything different than what I expected to see, to be quite honest. That was the surprise to me would have been had Missouri come out and just blitz Central Michigan right off the field. That would have surprised me. There's no question. I want to get to a couple of your guys' questions before we do open up the phone lines. And and uh, Austock asked one that I do a TV show with Dave Matter um, every week and, and Bo Bayman. And we actually addressed this question. We said, I hope I don't see anybody after week one, ask if Missouri didn't empty the playbook because it was week one. Look, they ran a flea flicker. They threw a 70 yard pass on the first play of the game. They were running jet sweeps. They were blitzing all day. That was the team. This was not let's hold back because we can beat central Michigan by holding back. Missouri isn't good enough to just kind of hold back and run a vanilla game. There is really absolutely no question. Um, all right. Well, I hope. Uh, are we back, guys? I got people telling me that we are uh, we're dropped, and I don't really know why. I hope the show is still on. I need a comment to tell me if we're back. Somebody says it's dropped out for a minute. Um so just if somebody can drop in the comments, yeah, hey, I'm watching you, that'd be great um, because I've got comments saying that that something has happened and we are dropped out. I don't really know what that would be. Um, so I'm going to have to uh, – okay, we're here. Good to know. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate it. Um, okay, anyway, we're back. Um, but, no, Missouri did not go vanilla. Missouri did not say we can roll out the, the ball and win this game. Um, you know, I don't know uh, I don't know what you guys saw that would indicate that, but to me, that was the Missouri playbook. You're going to see it, you know. Um, that, that was the game uh, that – you're going to get next and, and not that there's not going to be wrinkles not that nothing's going to change but they that's the team right um they didn't you didn't see like uh an effort out of a coach that thought hey my team's good enough to go win this game with just kind of a a, a b effort or a c effort now that may have ultimately been a b or a c effort but i'm just saying as far as emptying the playbook is as far as putting it all out there no they absolutely um i think 
put out everything that they have. So what we're going to do um, now, I am going to go ahead and open up the phone lines to you guys. And there's plenty of comments and, and all that, and we will certainly uh, go through them. But if you want to call, all you got to do is that number, 573-234-4935. And we learned doing this last year that there are going to be times that there are simply too many calls. We're going to have to hang up on some people. Some people are going to drop. It's just sometimes if we get five and six people calling at a time, it just happens. Sometimes you're going to have to hold. Um, the way we do it, I will call out your area code when I answer your call. Um, you know, so... So that's to avoid having four or five people talking at the same time. Once I, I grab you, I'll say, hey, 573 area code, who is this? Go ahead, and we'll take your calls. So uh, what we're going to do now is I'm going to let you guys know that the first caller to this show, if you email me when you're done at powermazoo at gmail.com for being the first caller to our postgame show this year, I'm going to hook you up with three free months on Power Mizzou for the very first call, and that is coming in right now. And the first call of the season is from the 314 area code. Who am I talking with? Hey, Dave. It's uh, Tyler. Uh, hey, Tyler. How you good, doing, uh, man? Good to be on. Good to be the first one of the year. Uh, I just wanted to start off, I guess, by saying my overall reaction was I think this team is about how a lot of us still expected. I mean, nothing today really changed that of a 7-5, team. I mean, there's things that you could you like. I, you know, there's a couple of early explosive plays. Uh, early on, there was some receivers that got open, you know, uh, deep that, and a couple of those honestly missed where this could have been, you know, Missouri covering in a little bit of a different game. Mm -hmm. But then there's also some things with the defense in the first half. You know, uh, Blaze Aldridge, I thought, looked out of sorts in the first half and really stepped it up in the second half. But my just takeaway to start was this team is about where I thought. You know, I don't think eight and four is off the table. Right. Nine and three would still surprise me. Seven and five would you know would be about fine, and six and six I think would be on the lower end. Totally agree, and and that's why I said like maybe by reading Twitter and message boards, I am getting a slanted view of what people think. I think your call's exactly right. Your call's exactly how I feel. Eight and four, seven and five. That's the. That's the sweet spot for this team. Nine and three is not impossible, but seven and five is more likely than nine and three. Six and six would leave you Very feeling good. a little disappointed, but it it wouldn't necessarily be a disaster. Look, they're going to be underdogs against Kentucky and Boston College. Now, I, I think people will be disappointed if they lose both those games, but they're going to be underdogs in both of them. Yeah, I think if you can split both of those, that gets you into the eight and four range, right? And yeah. so that's kind of the goal right now is try and go win one of those on the road. Totally agree. And I think, uh, Tyler, I'm not sure you belong on an internet call-in show. That's a very level-headed view of the season, man. I, I was on the message boards worried about Blaze Aldridge the first half. So yeah, I, yeah. I will hands up admit that. And, and I understand that. And look, the linebacker, I think it's a concern now. Aldridge had – he put up great stats. I'm not smart enough to tell you if Blaze Aldridge played a great game or he happened to be the beneficiary of being in the right spot, but six tackles for loss and three and a half sacks is – look, those are not numbers that happen a lot for anybody. Uh, so I, I think impressive second half at the least. But, uh, Tyler, appreciate you being the first one, man. And I'll, I, I'll have one question, yeah. one question to leave you on, man, and I'll hang up. What, uh, who do you see as the corner starting next week, kind of after today? I'll hang up and, and listen. Thank uh, you. Okay. Hey, Tyler, email me at powermazoo at gmail.com for being the first caller. You are going to uh, get three free months. And I've got the 815 area code on the phone. I will get to you in a minute, caller, but I want to answer Tyler's question first. And he asked who the starting cornerbacks would be next week. 
I think you've got to start a Caleb Evans. I, I think uh, he put together a heck of a day today. Um, I, I liked what he did. Um, and then I, I think that Chris Abrams drain certainly earned a spot in the starting lineup, uh, in the slot. I think he's got to be your guy. And then the third one, I, you know, Ennis Rakestraw had a rough first half, but if he's healthy, I think he's probably the third guy. So I'd go Rakestraw, Abrams drain and a Caleb Evans. All right. I got the eight one five area code on the line. Who am I talking to? It's Ron. Hey Ron, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right, man. It's, uh, it's good to be back. I, uh, I really enjoyed these last year, so happy to be talking to you once again. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Same. Yeah. So I, uh, I actually was pretty impressed with, uh, with, with, the, with the day overall. Um, I think there were, were certainly some frustrating moments, of, of course, but um, especially in that second half, they, I, even, uh, after halftime, like, I, I really didn't have any doubt about the game. and. Yeah. You know, it was kind of a anticlimactic uh, way to, to end it, just, just kind of taking care of business. And, um, you know, for all we know, like, Central Michigan could actually be a pretty good team with some guys who had a heavy, really good college career. So, um, like, my opinion on the team, like, does, like doesn't change, like, whatsoever after this one. Like, next week, yeah. it's just like you off up, they win that game. And well, they can lose that game, but it doesn't really change anything after today. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's possible Central Michigan ends up good. I think Central Michigan is probably about what we think they are, which is you know a seven and five ish, eight and four ish MAC team, which is is not bad. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't see. It, there was never really a moment once Missouri went up twenty four fourteen where I felt like that game was in danger of slipping away. I mean, it got. You know, it was a one-score game for a little bit, but then Missouri pretty easily responded every time Central Michigan made it a one-score game. So, I agree, man. Just, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see how anything changed your mind, really, but I, there is nothing as beautiful as the overreaction to the first half of a season. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, and just the one thing I, I, I close on, um, you know, I think you got standout performances from, you know, your better players. Uh, you know, I thought Baselick had a really good game. Uh, nice to see a, a Caleb Evans come in and make a few plays um, in his first time, his first game here. Single plays Aldridge, but Tyler Beatty, like he, he's clearly the best player, and um, happy to see him uh, him get rolling. So um, anyway, I'm, I'm I'm happy with starting. I'll talk to you next week. All right, appreciate it, Ron. And yeah, my take of uh, of Elijah Young could lead this team in carries on the pregame show looks pretty stupid because uh, pretty nice effort from Tyler Beatty today. Uh, let's jump now to the six one eight area code. You still hanging with us? Hey, Gabe, it's Travis in Southern Illinois. What's up, Travis? How you doing, man? Good to talk to you. Hey, uh, I was just thinking, like, I'm not trying to overreact, but if you're struggling uh, on the O-line and D-line, I know the O-line played a little better in the second half, so that could be a, a recipe for disaster in the SEC. And then my second question is, how did, to me, Rick Straw was really struggling today, and mm -hmm. I, I was wondering how he gra graded out last year because it looked like he had a rough day today and I thought I noticed a few times last year he seemed like he was struggling and I'll yeah. just get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I I don't remember like uh, the you know the PFF grades and which I take with a grain of salt anyway, and I'm not sure how the coaches graded him out. But basically, in talking not only to the coaches but in talking to Ennis, the opinion of last year was he can be a lot better. It was decent for a true freshman in the SEC, but 
like they they want to see a lot of growth if if that's the player he is as a junior or senior it's not good enough now i agree with you i mean he got he was the one that got beat on on central michigan's first play of the game the the long pass or one of the first plays of the game on their first drive and i thought he had a pretty rough first half he did i thought the secondary looked a lot better in the second half uh, caleb evans made some plays in there um chris abrams drain i thought made a lot of plays rakestraw was I don't want to say made a play because that's not fair on that trick play they tried with Pimpleton toward the end, you know, the wide receiver throwing the ball. Rakestraw was there. The the pass wasn't ever going to be completed because it was out of bounds, but that was the one he ended up getting hurt on. Um, he was okay today. I, I think you want to see better. Um, I, I thought Abrams, Drain, and Evans were both were both better than him, certainly, in the uh, in the secondary, but I think he's at least – Hey, you know you're not benching him after after one week, uh, but I think you want to see more. I don't I don't think he's yet clearly a number one corner in this league or anything. Sorry, thanks, Gabe. Yep, appreciate it, Travis. Thanks for the call, man. And uh, and 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 also the other point Travis made about the uh, about the lines of scrimmage. Look, that's that's all fair. Um, you do worry a little bit if you are getting dominated up front by a Mac team. I, I mean, there's there's really no way around line did I think more of it is probably Tyler Beatty who I feel like had a heck of a day the the offensive line I, I'll say what I said coming in it was to me the biggest question of of this whole thing right and the uh the, the fact of the matter is is that Missouri has more guys this season uh, in the offensive line, but or on the offensive line, I should say, but it doesn't really still have like the standout players. I, I mean, I think you're in a position, and I'm going to move the camera for a minute because I got to find something. So um, I think you're in a position where what you're really looking at is that we're confusing depth with being good enough. Like, yes, Missouri has bodies, right? But um, this is weird. I don't know why you guys are, are saying that it's uh, it's dropping out. I'm not sure what's happening there. Um, oh, I know exactly what happened. So, okay, when I went to the stat screen, I had my microphone muted. So that is my fault. Um, uh, so my error, there's going to be a couple minutes of dead air there. So I appreciate you guys pointing that out again. I'm a one man production crew. Um, but back to the offensive line. And I really think this is happening a little bit with the entire roster. People are saying 
seeing that there are more bodies. There are more bodies capable of playing, right? You've got eight or nine guys capable of playing in the SEC on the offensive line. And that's a positive. Don't get me wrong. You want nine or ten guys capable of playing in the SEC. But this team doesn't have a first an all-SEC offensive lineman on it. I mean, I can tell you that today. And so, yeah, you have eight or nine capable guys, but you need one or two that are, like, up here, man. And I think that's where Missouri's missing. And if you look at – and it's understandable. It's year 1.5, realistically. Um, but if you look at the all-SEC teams, you're talking about – Missouri didn't have, I think, anybody on the first team, all-SEC team by the coaches. Had a guy or two on the second team and a guy or two on the third team. And that's kind of representative, right? They have players. And and they have some decent depth. But you need stars to win, right? Um, you need to... You've got to have those guys that elevate everybody else from being good players to very good players. And, and this is... Look, yes, this is what I'm trying to say. Mizzou needs more dudes. Like, I watched Ohio State play the other night. And I, I'm not trying to compare Missouri to Ohio State. Um, I, we know that's not the same league right now. But, I mean, I'm looking at Ohio State's defensive tackles, and they look like just supersized linebackers, right? That's the kind of shape there. And these are like six four 310 pound dudes that like don't have an ounce of fat and that's why they are what they are again I know Missouri's not there yet right and it may never be there but my point is you need some stars um and Missouri has some right um they have some some, some very good players like and maybe Tyler Beatty becomes a, a star he was absolutely a star today but if you look across the SEC and think, hey, who are my top five running backs? I don't think anybody's putting Tyler Beatty there. If you look across the SEC and say, who are my top five wide receivers? I'm pretty sure you're not mentioning a Missouri guy right now. Same on the offensive line. Defensive line, you might talk a little bit about Jeff Coat and Whiteside, maybe. Um, linebacker, certainly not. Defensive back, maybe Martez Manuel gets in that discussion of like the top ten. But that's the point, right? And that's where I'm saying this thing is a process and they are not there yet. You, I, I remember saying years ago, and, and we'll get back to this in a minute, but I'm going to get to the phone line and, and go to the 636 area code. Who's on the phone with me? Uh, hey, Gabe. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, Rob from St. Louis. What's up, Rob? How you doing, man? Hey, good. Uh, after, this, after the season opening win, uh, I'd say Mizzou's probably in the seven and five, eight and four range yep. for the season. Maybe six and six or nine and three, maybe. But uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to predict. But uh, right, right. Uh, after week one, but uh, what bowl game? I mean, if they get to a bowl, do you think they would probably get? Oh I mean, man. Well, I mean, there's so much, right? Like, we're going to assume they're an 8-4, and 7-5 and five type team. So, I'm assuming that's, like, in the neighborhood of whatever they would have been in last year, which is, like, the Music City Bowl. Um, yeah. You know, something along those lines. Now, I don't know that they would 
I, it, they very well may be picked by the Music City Bowl again just because they didn't play in right. it last year. But something, whatever bowl games fall kind of right around there. I mean, you're not talking about like the Peach Bowl, but the Gator Bowl is kind of in that, or Tax Slayer Bowl, I guess it's called, is kind of in that discussion that tends to be a little higher in the pecking order. Uh, but yeah, some somewhere around there. And yeah, like it's a Big Ten team or something like that. Yeah. Or an ACC team. Yeah. Yeah, that's what most um, of the SEC tie-ins are. And I know this is a, I know this is a football post-game show, but um, do you have? I know I, one quick basketball question for you. But you think what do you think Mizzou's chances are on uh, Aiden Shaw? Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll address that real quick. Aiden Shaw is announcing a commitment on September seventeenth. We've we've heard reasons to be optimistic. Um, you know. We'll see. Uh, obviously, KU's in the final three. I think Oklahoma State's in the final three. But, like, we think Missouri has a pretty good chance. Uh, but but by no means are we ready to say, hey, yeah, we're, we're sure it's happening. So that's kind of where we're at on Aiden Shaw. All right, Rob. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Um, and, yeah, the, uh, the phone lines are now open again. Hopefully the number's still up there. There's the number, 573-234-4935. Look, it's the season opener. If you're driving home, uh, give us a call. Whatever you guys want to talk about, we'd, we'd like to. We're, we're going to hang out here till whenever you guys are, are uh, done. And I know that wasn't the most, you know, scintillating opponent, all that, uh, but – Hey, it's the first game in a while. Um, let's talk a little bit about atmosphere. Um, early on, there were a couple of just pre-kickoff screen or photos tweeted out that made you go, "This is this is not good, right?" I mean, I was I was thinking like thirty-five thousand. And then it it started to fill in, and, and I think that did have something to do with, uh, you know, people were saying traffic was slow coming out of St. Louis on I-70. I think maybe there was some stuff as, as far as getting into the game that was a little tougher than usual. So, you know, it ended up filling in okay. Not not blown away, but a, a decent crowd on hand. Uh, back to the phone lines, the 314. Who's on the phone now? Hey, Gabe, this is Scott. How you doing? Not bad. What's up, Scott? How are you, man? Um, so I was kind of, uh, a little dejected the first half or so yeah. of the game. Um, I thought the, uh, the offense and the defensive lines were terrible. Yeah. Um, and I, that's, I guess what my big concern is moving forward. Uh, in the SEC, you have to have dominant lines. Uh, where do you see us, uh, at on offense and defensive line? Uh, and I'll hang up. Thanks, okay, Scott, appreciate the call, man. And, and yeah, I, I do feel like I need to remind everybody and we'll need to remind everybody a number of times this season, you got to remember the game 60 minutes long. Um, I mean, I, I was zero surprised that this was a tie game at halftime. Not at all surprised because it's week one. These kids haven't played in 10 months. They haven't played in front of a crowd for almost two years. A lot of these guys have never played. Not shocked that it was tied at halftime. The lines, um, so I don't, again, I didn't really see anything that changed my mind. Like, are they going to be in trouble against A&M, Georgia, and Florida? 100%. Probably going to struggle on the offensive line in those games. But I knew that already. Like, I didn't, I mean, I didn't learn that today. Um, You know, Kentucky, 
look, that's going to be a battle. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess Kentucky's about a six or a seven point favorite in that game. Haven't seen a line yet. Won't be out yet. But I'm going to guess Kentucky's a six or a seven point favorite. Um, uh, and T Rise is correcting me. They weren't tied at halftime. You're right. It was 17-14 Missouri. Very close game. I forgot about the Mevis field goal right before halftime. So 17-14 at halftime. But the offensive line, yeah, it's it's a little bit of a concern. The defensive line looked obviously better in the second half, but the second half was more kind of what you'd think they'd be able to do against a MAC team. The first half was a bit concerning. Um, and... That defensive line is interesting to talk about because there was a lot of talk on our message board about it. Steve Wilkes said something in camp that he thought the defensive line would be the strength of the defense. And now a lot of people said, oh, great, D-line zoo is back. And I thought, but, like, I've seen most of these guys and they're okay. Um, you know, Trajan Jeffcoat, I think, is a really good player. Um, Chris Turner, I, you know, has, has been here a while, and he kind of is what he is. Kobe Whiteside coming back helps, but Akeel Byers, Darius Robinson, I I don't know. I haven't seen star out of, out of any of these guys. So, so the defensive line talk caught me a little off guard, honestly, and I think the defensive line is closer to what I thought it was than what people hoped it was. Uh, let's go to the 417 area code now. Who am I talking to? Hey, Gabe, it's Stuart down here in the Springfield. How are you doing, buddy? Not bad, Stuart. What's going on, man? Uh, you know, great to see the game and see the team play, but I, my concern with the lines, obviously, was really the linebackers. I know they picked it up in the second half, but it it, it seemed that the ball was snapped and, and, and Nicholson and, and Laser would just stand there and wait for the the, the tackle or the offensive guard to, to come on out, block him, and then by then the running back has eight yards of steam, which is below right by them. Is that, do you think, due more because we're playing more zone and, you know, they're responsible for, you know, over the middle, or is it just, you know, we're used to having really great linebackers and maybe they're not there yet? Yeah, I, I think, and, and I want to be perfectly clear and perfectly fair to those guys. I am not capable of watching a game and trying to do what I'm doing live and being able to break down, like, line play or linebacker play, right, without going back and really focusing on those guys. I don't feel – I mean, Blaze Aldrich put up good numbers, so I, he obviously did some things right. Um, but unless it's just glaringly obvious, like, if I'm watching a game live – I don't want to say, hey, the linebackers were were terrible. Um, I, I did see a lot of criticism of them, and, and I think it's probably fair because Missouri was getting pushed around a little bit in the first half. I think it's probably a little bit more that we are used to holding Missouri linebackers to the Nick Bolton, Kale Garrett standard of the last couple years. And I just don't 100%. think I, I just don't think that's realistic. There was some talk. I, I remember seeing it because I was thinking, oh my God, this is insane. There was some talk on our board at one time. Well, you know, Bolton was shaken up last year, and I think I think Blaze can replace him, probably. I mean, that's a second round pick that's going to start in the National Football League next week. Now it, exactly. he, he's starting because of an injury, but Nick Bolton, healthy, was one of the best players in the best defensive conference in college football. 
and Missouri didn't replace him. And I I say the same thing about him that I, I've said about a number of other guys over the years, which is or about Devin Nicholson, the same thing I've said about a number of other guys. Was Devin Nicholson, is he a really good linebacker or was he a good linebacker when he was next to Nick Bolton who maybe when he's not next to Nick Bolton won't be quite as good? And I don't know that answer, but that's a point we've made. Uh, remember a few years ago when Jordan Elliott went pro and I can't even remember who the guy next to him was. And I said, well, is that guy good or was he good because Jordan Elliott was there last year taking double teams? And, you know, you find that answer out as the year goes along, but it's definitely a question I have about Devin Nicholson. And I haven't looked at the snap counts yet, but I'm going to guess that Aldridge and Nicholson played every single snap. I don't think another linebacker saw the field when I was watching. It is, I don't know if you know that if that's accurate or not. It looked like they were. And my biggest concern really isn't, well, you know, talent of, of our two guys now, but it looked like scheme-wise, they, you know, D coordinator Wolf just had them reacting rather than you know, filling filling gaps like we're used to seeing us stuff the run with our line. Again, you know, we can't compare Bolton, you know, to, to Blaze. I mean, that's just not fair to Blaze. But scheme-wise, it just seemed like these guys were just waiting to get taken off, you know, four yards off the line of scrimmage. And then, you know, Central Michigan's running backs are just running right by them. It, it was yeah. maddening to me. Yeah, like I said, I, I would have to go back and kind of focus on those guys. I mean, in the second half, they were blitzing a lot, I, I thought. Um, you saw you saw Aldridge coming a few times, saw Sean Robinson coming, saw Martez come a couple times. So um, I think in the second half, there were, there were definitely some blitzes from the linebacker and safety positions. Again, I, do, I just don't – I'm absolutely not saying you're wrong. I just don't feel qualified based on – watching that game live and, and trying to keep track of a number of different things to to say that to criticize the defensive scheme quite yet. Also, I think we have to understand it's the first game under that defensive scheme. You know, it, it's, it's probably going to look different. You know, Maybe they haven't picked it all up yet. In the SEC either. I'm, re- I'm not. So I, I'm way underqualified. <laughs> I'd be interested to see your take on it after you do have time to watch it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I appreciate everything you're doing, Gabe. All right, Stuart. Thanks for the call, man. Good to talk to you. Uh, appreciate that. And uh, appreciate you guys uh, calling in and watching. I want you to do a couple things while you are here. I want you to hit the like button. A lot of you have already done that. It helps uh, more people know about the show. I want you to subscribe to the channel because what that allows you to do is get alerts. You'll get a push alert when we go live. And uh, the most important time is going to be post game, right? I mean, we're going live within five, 10 minutes after this thing ended. So you'll know, hey, this show's about to start. If I'm walking in my car, if I'm driving home, maybe you're just just sitting at home, just, uh, you know, next game's on. Maybe you're watching Georgia Clemson, cracked a beer open, want to listen to this on your phone. You'll get a push alert when we go live if you subscribe to the channel. And again, those things uh, make us a little bit more visible. At the end, we're going to uh, convert this thing to a podcast when I do that. If you download that podcast, give it a five-star review, uh, give it a like. Again, just just kind of pushes it out to more people and uh, and gives us a chance to, to reach more Mizzou fans. Uh, also want to thank just a minute right now to uh, take a minute right now to thank Boulevard for being our partner. I believe this is the third straight year. Uh, they've, they've been a partner of our second straight year, certainly, that they have sponsored the post-game show. Kind of fits in well. Eli Drinkwitz, the post-game drink, all that. I want to guide you not only to Boulevard's fine selection of uh, 
beers that I've mentioned many times over the years, but also to their cork cocktails, which are uh, now in stores. They do contain 10% fruit juice. Uh, and if that is your thing, if you like the seltzer, if you like the, the summery drink, you know, it's still summer for a little bit, I believe two weeks technically, but it still has a chance to get up to 80, 90 degrees in Missouri. So grab yourself a cork before uh, the next game for the tailgate or or at least grab them for uh, maybe some of your friends. Maybe they don't like beer. Maybe they want something else. So check those out from Boulevard. You can get them in the grocery store. Uh, Boulevard products sold all over mid-Missouri and uh, McAdoodles, Hy-Vee, anywhere you go for your tailgate supplies. So uh, phone line is, again, still open, 234-4935. I'm going to jump back to some of your questions that have made an appearance in the chat uh, here in just a second. I am trying to currently find all of my windows that have disappeared. There I am. uh, I'm back. Now I know what I'm doing. So I uh, just want to pop up uh, a few things for you guys about the game. I'm sure these SEC, SEC scores are now a little bit outdated, uh, but there's what I have right now. Um, let's jump back to the phone line. I got uh, another caller from the 314. Who am I talking to? Hey, Gabe. This is Craig. Hey, Craig. How you doing, man? What's going on? I'm good, dude. I'm good. Hey, it's good to have football back, right? It is good. It and there's people in the stands and uh and and that's all very positive. And I feel kind of bad cuz I I used to have season tickets and I dropped them. My kids kind of got into sports and stuff and I I just want to say I thought for sure you were going to say my kids kind of got in the way and that was going to be a hell of a call but <laughs> No, they kind of do that too though. Yeah, sometimes. yeah. But go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, man. No, it's all right. Sorry, interrupt way, man. It's uh, I got a lot to talk about, man. I I've been saving for this call for a while. Okay, okay. I, so um, what's on your mind? I was in, I was in Columbia in 1991. That's when I first started school. Okay. And I don't know when you were there. You were probably. I was uh I was 94 to 98. Okay, so you saw some pretty terrible football too. A little bit. Yep. yep. Maybe not. Maybe you were. Larry Smith, maybe, probably was yeah. back then. Larry, my for freshman year, my first game was Larry's first game at Missouri. So I saw a couple of really bad years and then a couple of pretty decent ones. Hmm. I had uh, Bob Stoll. Right. my kind of beginning. It's pretty bad. First game at Perot under lights was Colorado. It was totally raining. I think we lost 6-3. to three I remember that, that game. That day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the rest of my time there was pretty bad, and then uh, <laughs> and then I left, and then he got pretty good. But uh, the season tickets, man, I I was there for uh, OU game day. Mm-hmm. Um, the fake kick. Yep. Remember that two thousand three Nebraska. 2003 and, uh, Nebraska. Yep. Yeah, uh, Henry Josie when he ran to seal the East against A and M, that was pretty cool. Yes. I don't remember if. Johnny Manziel was on that field or not. I think he was. He but, was. Yeah, you know, anyhow, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I went to both SEC championship games, mm-hmm. Auburn and then Alabama. And uh, uh, I also remember after one of the big wins, being at Murray's, and I saw Michael Sam and I gave him a high five. Okay. It was a good time. But then I had to give up my season tickets. I just uh, it got too busy, you know? Yeah. Yep. And I thought about it this year. I really thought about it. Um, I thought about it when they hired Bo, Bo, very mm-hmm. home. Yeah, and uh, I was excited for him, but I back in my mind I wondered if it would really work out, and it didn't, obviously. Right. 
But I mean, there was some promise there. Sadly, it didn't work out. I don't know what it was, but I think the game that he lost against Kentucky, that was so frustrating for me. I just, uh, that was when he lost me. And I was hoping it would work out, you know, Mizzou guy coming back. But I don't know. Just just didn't work out. And I got excited when I saw Drink get hired a little bit. I was like, who the heck is this guy? He's kind of brought a little bit of excitement, don't you think? Absolutely. I, I mean, Missouri fans are Missouri fans are very excited about this season. I think. I think everybody's jacked up. A lot of people. Uh, a lot of people, first time season ticket holders. I think. Yeah, I, I I looked at the photos like you mentioned earlier, and the crowd looked pretty rough at first. But yeah. that might have had something to do with like the new scanning of the tickets and stuff. I hear. I yeah. I know that it's been in the Cardinal games sometimes here in St. Louis. Yeah, I think I, there were some people that said some of the processes getting in were a little bit rough. And, and look, it's understandable, right? It's the first time they've had that many people in a couple of years. Like, there's going to be some hiccups. Uh, it, what what kind of drives me nuts is the guy that has one bad experience. You know, they were out of the food I wanted or the line was too long at the bathroom and just says, well, this is terrible. This can never – things happen sometimes. And there's 47,000 people there. Sometimes it happens. Um, I think you, you give it – you know, chalk it up. Hey, you know, maybe it was a bad day. Maybe I'll go back next week. And if the same thing happens, then okay. Maybe it's a trend and, and maybe I'm upset about it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think also apparently there was a big wreck on I-70 that kind of slowed some people getting in from St. Louis. Oh, was there? Yeah. Hey, that's what I, that's what I read on the internet. So if I read it on the internet, I know it's true. Was everybody okay? Yeah, I don't really know uh, many details. I just know it backed up traffic for a long time. This is the extent of my knowledge. I mean, I've owned season tickets for a long time. I would get sucked in traffic all the time out there. You just never know. Yep. You've got to give yourself time, dude. You just can't, you know, I, yeah. expect to get there right before it kick off. It, it, Craig, you're just teaching life lessons, man. I appreciate it. Oh, man, I know. So I was thinking about doing season tickets this year, but I just, because my kids are getting older, um, one's 16, the other's going to turn 13 tomorrow. And okay. they're both girls. They're really not that interested in football. Yeah. But uh, maybe me and the wife could, could come up there and leave them at home. But I decided not to. I decided to watch in my basement. Uh, is that a bad thing, Cliff, you know? No, I mean, I'm, I never tell anybody how to spend their money, right? Um, I, I never would, would tell anybody how to spend their money. I mean, you can, maybe a couple of years, your kids go to college. Uh, you, well, the 13 year old will probably be a little bit longer, but, um, you know, maybe the, you can get it then. Um, you know, uh, but Hey, you, maybe you could just pick one game to come to instead of season tickets, right? Maybe you and your wife pick one game out and say, Hey, we're going to ju- jump up to Columbia for that one. And the girls can hang out and, but they could come too. like, they might not love football, but they could sit there for a couple hours. You could get some good food. You could check out campus, all that. So you, I, you should hear the incessant whining and moaning. If I did that game, I don't think yeah. you want to, you know, ask my kids to be there. With okay, me well, leave your, leave your kids at home then. They probably would not be disappointed for you to go to Columbia, and they probably say, I'd be cool with my dad leaving me for a couple hours. That'd be fine. Hey, which game would you say would be the one to circle on the schedule to pick if I were to come to one? I would go either Tennessee or Texas A&M. Um, Tennessee's game five. Uh, it'd be a good game. It'll be exciting. Uh, or Yeah, game... Yeah, game five. Uh, Texas A&M, seventh game of the year. 
A&M should be good. They should be in the top 10 when they come in. Um, you know, so that's on the 16th. I'd pick one of those two, though. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd go one of the October games. So. All right, Craig, I got another right, call Dave, coming man. in, man. I appreciate the call. Take care. All right, have a good one. All right, we got the uh, 573 area code on the phone. Who am I talking with? Hey, hey, this is Dave. Do you hear me? What's up, Dave? I got you, man. Yeah. Hey, good. Um, So I'm not going to harp on really the attendance uh, per se, but I feel like the dude's feeling it. At, at least in the short term, is probably Wisconsin. Or, and yeah. watching their game and having the jump around with the stands full, um, I, you know, not, again, not trying to harp on you, at, trying to get people to where to spend money and right. such, but I guess just wondering how do we, like, what can we do to the game day atmosphere to get, to get that sort of thing. Cause I think Wisconsin is definitely an achievable like goal in terms of like where our program is in terms of support and in terms of continuing success. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, I don't know what Wisconsin's atmosphere was like 25 years ago. Right. But uh, for example, I mean, when I was in college, Wisconsin was going to a Rose bowl with Ron Dane and then They've gone yeah. to a number of Rose Bowls since then. They've never been in a playoff. But they I, I think that's fair that like when Gary Pinkle hit his ceiling here, uh, he was on the verge of like a playoff team, right? Never quite got there, but he was he was close. And Wisconsin has been there multiple been in that same position multiple times. Now Wisconsin has sustained it longer than Missouri has. Um I, again, I don't really know what Wisconsin's atmosphere was like pre-Barry Alvarez. Um, but that's kind of, I think Missouri fans point to like Wisconsin and Michigan State. Like these are programs that have kind of gotten to that level and that's what we could do. And, and I don't think that's unreasonable. Um, but th- this always becomes a question of do people come because you have success or do you have success because people come? And there's not necessarily... If you build it, they will come, yeah. <laughs> right. There's not necessarily Something a right like answer. Yeah. I understand the team has a responsibility to show show the fans, hey, this is worth your time. And I don't disagree with that. I also would say that... The announcers actually, actually said that early on. They said... Yeah. I don't think they were necessarily pointing to the, like, the early on, you know lack of crowd but they did say like hey these these fans they're from the show me state and they they're expecting to to see something here so yeah um, and and, and again, I, I like i hate that i don't motto. live in mid mode so i'm not like there and i i can't add plus one to the like fan base right but i'm just kind of seeing some of the pregame stuff and what like virginia tech who's about to oh, yeah. was gonna fire their coach before he, winning and so yeah i'm not saying like oh the pregame atmosphere has to be like better and then everybody will will come but just kind of just a little bit of like where like obviously winning helps but um but there's got to be some sort of like culture and some and like some sort of 
sustained and and excitement about getting there. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and and the the thing is, I think a lot of these places they've they have that atmosphere because they've had that for decades. It South Carolina fans yeah. go to games because they always went to games. Their mom went to games. Yeah, that's a good example. Their dad yeah. went to games. Their grandparents yeah. went to games. And South Carolina is not a better football program than Missouri. In fact, it's worse in almost me- any measurable way. But game day there is something. And is it – I mean, it's not like South Carolina just creates this experience and it would be cool if there were 30,000 people there. It's cool in large part because there are 70,000 people waving the towels and all that. Um, but – They've always done it, and that's what they do. Virginia Tech, it's it probably wasn't always that way, but once Frank Beamer got them, you know, good, I mean, it's been that way for a while. Lane Stadium at night is not a fun place to be, and that is not a thing that exists around the state of Missouri. And I don't know, barring just years and years of winning, you can't just create it. You know, um, so, so far, this staff has done everything it can do to prove to people, hey, we want you to come out. Now, the next step is, yes, they have to win football games. Um, it doesn't have to be nine of them this year, uh, but they have to show some progress. And if they show some progress, then more people need to come next year. And then if they show more progress, more people have to come the year after that. And if they don't do it, the rest of it isn't going to matter um, because the, yeah. the team has its responsibility and the fans are going to have to be part of it if Missouri wants to be a legitimate competitor in this league. I, I mean, it's a it's a it's a two way street, and and one can't happen if the other doesn't happen. Yeah, and it, it is semi unfortunate that the that the camera does face east, but but I will say, watching from home, like it it didn't really look that that horrible like no it it got a lot better as the game went on yeah there's there's gonna be no ucla memes of of screenshots from this and be like oh missouri didn't didn't turn out and and credit to espn and the like crew there their their clips of the hill and 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 certain fans here and there i think they did a good job of kind of like of focusing on the fans that were there. It just seems to be kind of a, like, a thing on PM, just kind yeah. of, like, all all the time. And it's, like, and it's just kind of, like, yeah, like, encourage everybody to, like, show up. And, uh, and you know, we're the hardcore guys, so we're, like, going when we're in town. I'm going to go to two games this year, even though I'm out of Denver. But, like, uh but yeah, like it's the 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 PM crowd is not is not the people that we need to encourage to get get there. It's 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 everybody else, which is yeah. which is a uh, athletic director uh, not problem, but a directive. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah. Well, hey man, Dave, yeah. I appreciate the call. I got a lot of people lined up here, so I got to let you go. And and if you're one of the four people sure. I have on hold, just uh just hang in with me. And we're gonna start at the nine five four area code. You got me? Yeah. Who am I yeah. talking to? Talking to James. What's up, James? How you doing, man? I appreciate you, man. First of all, I, I do. I really appreciate you having this after. Uh, 
after game talk. It um, it's cool. Um, just three quick observations and um, and a question. Yep. Uh, one of them is uh, we are a much better defense when JC is in the game. There's a big difference in how we played. I agree. Um, from from the first half to the second, and I, I understand we made some adjustments and everything, but at the same time, JC is uh, he's a Sunday player for me, in my opinion. Yeah. Second of which, my second observation is is I know it hasn't been talked, and maybe it's taboo to say, but we missed Trey Williams tonight uh, in the okay. football game. Um, just my opinion. I know he's he's off to uh, Barry Odom land in Arkansas, but we missed him today. Um, and it was a shame that we missed him because we, we really did need him on the, on, the, on the line. Third observation, it's very, very evident that we need to stack a lot of great recruiting classes back to back to back to back, and we have that opportunity. Yeah. So uh, my only question is, is you know, really, is there, has there been any reaction from recruits or anything along those lines that, is, that was at the game today? And then with that, I will I'll shut up and hang up. All right, appreciate it, James. Um, we haven't talked to the recruits yet. We will do that. Uh, we'll we'll try over the next twenty four hours or so. Um, to to check in with those guys and and see what they've got to say. But yeah, that's exactly the point we've been trying to make in the last few years, which is that. Um, hey, I got somebody that's got to turn their volume down. That's in the call right now because uh, I can I can hear an echo of myself. So whoever I just added. Uh, Whoever I just added from the 7-2 area code, I need you to turn your computer down. Um, anyway, uh, no, James is right. It's The recruiting class that Eli had last year, it's very good. It, it's the best in school history. And it you need three more of them in a row because it was still eighth in the league or seventh in the league, and that's still – I mean, you've got to do this year after year after year to compete in this league. What, it can't be the exception, and it doesn't look like it's the exception, but this year's the second one. So now he's got half a roster that's good enough and maybe a couple other players. So then next year he'll have three-quarters of a roster that's good enough, which is why I've been saying next year is the year you can start to hope to see a little bit more progress, but 2023 is the year I'm targeting and saying, okay, now you now if you can continue to stack these classes, you're legitimately in that conversation. Uh, I want to jump next. i got a lot of guys on hold. I'm going to try to get to all of you as soon as I can. 636 area code, you there with me? Hey, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, who am I talking to? Yeah, Gabe, this is Josh from St. Louis. Hey, Josh, how you doing, man? Pretty good, Gabe, and I'm so glad you're doing these. I'll be quick since I know a lot of people want to get their words in tonight, but I did want to say uh, I know there's going to be overreactions from this game, um, as expected, but I, I, I want to say that I think fans should still be relaxed because while it was a less-than-ideal performance, you saw a lot of good things from tonight a team that struggled to get pressure on the QB in the past with nine sacks today, three and a half of which coming from new linebacker Blaze Aldridge. And, I mean, really, we let's let's not forget that this team was 0-2 after losing to Tennessee last year, and everyone thought, oh, my God, this team's going to go winless in the SEC. They ended up turning things around. It's real early in the year. And, really, if you look around the rest of the SEC today, Arkansas was really rocky against Rice at the beginning of their game today. They ended up winning about 38-17 comparable final score to today's Mizzou game. And I know these games are a little bit different, different situations than Mizzou. You look at Mississippi State, I mean, that was a dogfight against 
LA Tech. So, I mean, and another thing you got to take into account is a lot of these newcomers or people that have been in the program only since as long as drink has been here too. All they know of is that last year, that COVID year, there is going to be an adjustment as crazy as it sounds to having a non COVID year. Now guys are seeing these other teams that have had full off seasons now. And and I'm sure there's a lot of stuff we don't see behind the scenes that's different for these guys. And it's going to be an adjustment period. Yeah. All all good points. And I mean, look, I've said this for years. We're a video game society that thinks if you don't score on every possession and keep the other team from scoring on every possession, it's not good enough. Missouri won a game, right. and it wasn't that big of a, of a of a concern in the last seven minutes. Was it perfect? Like you said, no, it wasn't perfect, but it was good enough. And how they're 21-year-old kids. How they played today has almost no impact on how they'll play in Lexington, Kentucky. And how Kentucky played today has almost no impact on how Kentucky will play next Saturday. So, you know, they're going to be about a six-point, seven-point underdog, and they'll go take their chances. But but I agree with you. I mean, I didn't see anything to change my mind today on what I thought coming in, and I didn't really see all that much to be super upset about. Yeah, I agree, Gabe. Just wanted to get my thoughts in. I got nothing else for you. Um, I'll let everyone else uh, say what they want to say tonight. And thanks again for having the show. Appreciate it, Josh. Thanks for taking part, man. We're going to go now. uh, And and I've got two from the 314 area code. So I don't want to read anybody's complete phone number. If your phone number ends in 864, uh, go ahead, man. Are you there? Hey, Gabe. uh, Thanks for taking uh, my call. I really love what you do. Kyle Powerman's subscriber subscriber here. Uh, Appreciate it, man. What's your name? yeah, I had uh, one question and then also just kind of one comment. I mean, what were your initial impressions from seeing the, the Steve Wilkes uh, defense? Obviously, there were some changes that looked like there were some decent chunk yard plays uh, given up, but then there also there were more turnovers. Uh, so it kind of looked like a, a little bit more of a, a volatile defense right there. And then what are just your initial impressions? Obviously, week one, you're just happy to get out with a win. There was a lot of close games. Just what were your initial impressions overall uh, on the game so far? I, defensively, I thought um, I thought they were aggressive. You know, they came after uh, came after the quarterback, especially in the second half. And and what I've heard about this team, and and I think this is an internal expectation. Defensively, by the by midseason, I think they think they're going to be pretty good. But I think there's going to be some bumps early on. Um, you know, Ishburdine didn't play a ton last year. Um, the, the two Tulsa kids and Blaze Aldridge have never played on this level. Um, Jalen Carlise has, has never really, I mean, he played some last year, but has, has never really played on this level. Even Jelani Williams, Sean, Sean Robinson, those guys haven't played a ton. Chris Abrams drain hasn't really played much. Chris Sheeran opted out last year. So you got a whole bunch of guys that honestly haven't played that much at this level, learning a new scheme. So I think the defense you see like when Texas A&M comes to town could be significantly different than the defense we're going to see these first three or four games. And uh, and so, you know, it was there were moments today where you saw some really good things, and then there were moments where you said, oh, man, they're going to have to score 55 points to win, right? So up and down, um, but and I'd say that for both sides of the football, um, but I think it's it's a process. It's a 12-game season, and and anybody that attempts to make any judgments after week one other than, oh, my God, Alabama's really good again is uh, is going to end up probably looking a little silly by the end of the season. 
Understood. I appreciate you, you doing this, Gabe. All right. Appreciate you, you, man. Thanks for the call. And uh, and we're going to stay in the 314 area code. I got another caller from the 314. Are you still there with me? Three one four, you there? All right, I think I've lost that one. Seven two zero area code, you still with me? Yes, I am. All right, who am I talking with? Hey, Dave, how you doing? This is uh, Dwayne calling in from Austin, Texas. Dwayne, how you doing, uh, man? Hey, hey, um, Austin, Texas, SEC territory. <laughs> Soon to be. Yep, yep. Soon to be. So, what's on your yeah, mind? No, I just had a couple offers. I just had a couple observations. You know, I agree kind of with the um, where, what the expectations are as far as the season's concerned. Um, I, I saw some some things to really be encouraged uh, about, but I also saw some things that, um, and you had hit on it earlier, that, you know, uh, Coach Drink is addressing it in the, in the recruiting. Um, you know, we're looking to get some linebackers who are a little bit quicker. I thought we looked just a step slow, even though uh, Coach Wilkes did a good job of, covering up some of our deficiencies by uh, applying pressure. Um, but, but and you know, as you know, it's going to be very tough to win if we have to blitz all day in order to get pressure on the quarterback. Um, so we got to try and get some more productivity out of the, um, uh, of the linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, they're, they're double team, team intrasion. Um, so it's going to be, uh, you know, somebody else is going to have to step up. Yeah. I was really encouraged by the DBs, even though they're, you know, we gave up some big plays, but um, I, I saw guys locked in, being aggressive, making some good plays. Chris Abram drains and, and Carlisle, um, oh, they're going to be some studs. I was really excited, um, you know, about what I saw. Um, and, you know, once again, just um, linebackers, you know, yeah, um, Blaze had some big plays getting the sacks and tackles for loss. But, um, you know, we need that consistency. Um, and they're, they're either over-pursuing or getting hung up on blocks. So um, I'm excited. But at the same time, I understand, you know, like you said, a couple more recruiting classes. Um, Coach Drink is bringing in some talent. And bringing in bigger, faster linebackers is going to be key. Getting some down linemen that have some speed and power going to be uh it's going to be nice to see um the only other comment i had um you, you know um i think connor um they like is cool in the in the pocket mm-hmm. but if we're running rpos he's gonna have to take off sometimes yeah and and it's interesting i talked to him before the season about that and i said you know, is that is that in the game plan a little bit more this year? Because how much of that did, how much of that had to do with your knee? And he said, I don't know that there'll be any more designed runs, but I think I'll be more confident and comfortable taking off when I need to, um, because he was wearing a brace last year and all that. And, and the the one question I have is the question that they talked a lot about on the broadcast that Eli Drinkwitz has talked a lot about off season, and that's the deep ball, the one to Boo Smith for the first from the first play of the game, I mean, it looked good, but Boo Smith was open by seven yards, right? He missed Boo Smith on another one in the end zone. He missed Dominic Lovett twice. They weren't they weren't bad throws, but they weren't perfect. They didn't get caught, you know? So is, is the deep ball accuracy there when the guy is not all by himself? And if it's not there, do they have guys that can go up and win those one-on-one battles that I think is something they've they've missed in the past? Um, basically, if you've got to go, you know, 
15 plays and 70 yards on every drive. Like, you need some of those big explosive plays to kind of make things a little bit easier on your offense. And Missouri got some of them today. Um, you know, a couple from Beatty, um, the the big one to Boo Smith to start the game. But um, I, I, I don't think anything today was answered really either positively or negatively. And and I agree with, with the points you're making. And, and the defensive line especially – you mentioned Jeff Coat getting a lot of attention. That's why I think a guy like Isaiah McGuire could be a huge key to the season. You got to find somebody on the other side. And I think if somebody's going to pop open, I think maybe Isaiah McGuire is the best candidate. Well, well I, you know, I saw a little uh, get up and go from Wingo. Um, so yep. I was excited to see that. I think he's going to be uh, a big factor in, in getting some penetration. Um, because it looked like he was quick off the ball, and that was really good to see. And he was the guy that almost recovered the fumble that I think it was Jeffcoat caused. And uh, yeah, he. Uh, I mean, look, if you're playing at defensive tackle as a true freshman in this league, it means one of two things. It either yeah. means your coaches think you are a hell of a player, or you've got absolutely nobody in front of you and Missouri has some guys at defensive tackle so I think it, it's more likely that Missouri thinks this kid has a chance to be really really good yeah he looks like he's got a lot of dog in him yep yep I like that phrase I don't know if I don't know if it would sound as cool coming from me but I like that phrase <laughs> well I, I don't want to take up all your time but I appreciate you taking my call all right and I don't... definitely will be uh calling me and all right, sounds good, man. Thanks for the call, buddy. Thanks for being part of the show. So, uh, thank you. Hey, I'm I'm pretty happy to be quite honest with you guys that the technology's working here. Like, I, we had six dudes on hold at once there, and and it all pretty much worked. So, uh, hey, big ups to Power Mizzou Show. Um, way to go. Uh, appreciate Dwayne calling in. Appreciate everybody who has called in. And, and like I said, we're going to go till. I mean, if there's calls, we'll, we'll keep taking them. Um, I know there are a lot of comments over here in the, the comment section. Um, yeah. Case says you're still live. I mean, we've only gone an hour and six minutes guys. Like, Hey, we had, we had a couple last year that, that were two, two and a half hours. I do want to point out the, uh, the Boulevard post game drink has gone dry on this end. It's just water in the cup today. Um, and likely going to be water all season, but, uh, but we will be here, man. And, uh, and feel free, uh, love to hang out with you guys, uh, on, on your way home from the game, whatever it is, uh, Mitchell and Joel are going to have your coverage over on the site. I'm sure post game is over by now interviews. I'm sure they're, they're writing and we'll have plenty, um, for you guys to, uh, to consume while we're finishing this show up and I'm writing, I, I'm not sure how to feel about uh, hot shoulders telling me I look nice, but I appreciate that, man. That is uh, that it, that is very kind of you. So feel like we're getting into the weird part of the uh, Power Mizzou show here, but hey, that you know that's that's part of it, man. This is uh, this is this is one of the things, honestly, that like we did this last year as a necessity because we couldn't cover the game, so we were trying to find a different way to do things for you guys um, during COVID. And, uh, and this is, is part of what we came up with. And I always got to shout out my buddies, Neil McCready and Jay Tate, who, who started doing this before me and talked me into doing it. And this is one of the things we kept these live streaming shows, especially the post game show. Um, it's just a way to interact with you guys, a way to, to, to kind of bring different coverage, um, that not a lot of people are doing. And so I'm, 
I, I'm hopeful that that it'll be successful this year. And, you know, it was pretty successful last year when none of you guys could go to the, the game. Now, it may be a little bit different. Maybe some of the people that were hanging out with us last year are hanging out in the parking lot, you know, uh, opening their second 12-pack right now. Um, but but definitely hope this this still manages to get uh, plenty of interaction and, and calls and, and comments and all that. So what we're going to do is, uh, is I'm going to roll through – uh, go back to the beginning of the comments, and I'm going to just throw up and see if there is any questions. Um, well, I lied. I'm actually going to jump back to the phone line real quick, and I'm going to go to the 212 area code. Who am I talking to? Hey, this is Mike in New York. Hey, Mike. What's going on, man? Where are you at in New York? Uh, Upper West Side. Okay. Uh, so, like, New York, like New York City? Manhattan, yep. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, good to hear from you, man. What's going on? Uh, this is more of a big picture question. Mm -hmm. um, it seems like everyone is just so excited about Coach Drink and his personality. What is it specifically about him that just like really makes everyone excited? This seems like he's like electric. Yeah. What makes everyone so excited to be around him and recruits and just administrators? It just seems like everyone's wild about him and like just from your perspective. What is it specifically about him that makes him special? Okay, I want to say, first of all, I think it's he understands how to play the game. He understands PR. He's good at social media, right? And that that's a big deal with fans. And I don't mean that to sound like a negative thing because it, it, it makes it sound like it's shallow, right? Like this is just kind of a game and, and a character he plays. And I, I, don't, I really don't think it is. But I, I always said I thought Barry Odom's biggest downfall, honestly, was like I knew Barry better – I knew him a little bit outside of football, and he was like he was capable of being a funny guy. But once the cameras turned on, he showed zero personality. He didn't want to do interviews. He didn't have any interest in social media. He wasn't into things like putting the the videos of kids getting scholarships out, and that's all very important. And Eli Drinkwitz gets all of that. He's he's really really good at that part of it because if you look at it, and I understand the recruiting has been different. So the recruiting is part of this. But Barry Odom was 26 and 26 in four years. And Eli Drinkwitz was five and five in one year. Those are both theoretically 500 coaches. And one, Missouri fans couldn't wait to get rid of. And one, legitimately Missouri fans are saying he should get an extension over the six years and $4 million a year he has remaining. Now that's insanity. But my point is the main reason is because he knows how to market himself. He has some salesmen in him. He knows how to market his program. And and I don't mean that as an insult. I think sometimes you say the guy has some salesmen in him and that's taken as, as a negative. No, you have to have that. Um, and, and I think what it does is it it buys you a little bit more time. I mean, Missouri was pretty close to being a 3-7 and seven football team last year, but man, nobody would ever know it because he did make it exciting. He had a signature win and he's very, very good at PR. Now, I think with recruits, I think you have to be a little bit more than that. With recruits and players, they see you all the time. So it's not just going to be like, hey, he's good at Twitter, so I like him. I, I think the guy has two things going for him. He's very, very confident, and he knows who he is, right? He leans into this idea like, I'm kind of a dorky white dude that never played football that now makes $4 million a year coaching college football. I mean, he, he's got yeah. no issue with it. He leans into who he is. It's, it's kind of like... A, Look, I've always said, you know, I meet people and they're like, wow, 
I, I thought you would be taller. I'm like, well, this is how tall I've been my whole life. I mean, make a short joke, but like, I know it exists. You know, Eli knows who he is and he's not shying away from it. And, and I think that, I, I think that comes across very well. And, and he's got some energy. He'll crack a joke. He's got a quick wit. You know, he's a guy that, that you enjoy having a conversation with. Yeah, it seems like he's definitely won everything off the field. Like, everyone is completely on board with him. I mean, you're exactly right. Everyone wants to get an extension. It's just now a question of translating it into, you know, on-the-field success. 100%. That's the, And he knows that. I mean, and, and everybody, right. I, again, the PR will buy you, it will buy you an extra year. If he's 500 through four years like Barry Odom was, he's going to get one more year because he's good at that part of it. But... You know, yeah, there has to be a leap. I, I don't think that leap has to happen this year. I think it has to be progress this year. And the leap in year three or four um, would be ideal, I think. But, uh, but no, everybody is on board and, um, you know, almost, almost hyperbolically, like a little too on board, if that makes sense, right? I mean, I, I think it's more yeah. my job to say, like, yo, guys, no lifetime contracts. The dude's five and five. Let's, like, he's, he's done a good job but no lifetime contracts quite yet. Yeah. All right. Well, great. Thank you very much. All right, Mike. I appreciate you being part of the show, man. Thanks for calling in and, uh, and don't be a stranger the rest of the season. Um, certainly uh, welcome first time callers, long time callers, whatever. A lot, a lot of the participants here have uh, are people that, that were with us during the show last year. A lot of the people, though, uh, are, are new people, too, and so we appreciate that. Just kind of want to uh, reset. Look, if you've managed to find this show, you probably know, but Tyler Beatty, big day. Um, again, I was saying on the pregame show, I didn't know if Beatty could handle or receive would receive a big workload, and I thought Elijah Young might end up leading the team in carries. I actually thought Elijah Young looked pretty good, including a 32-yard touchdown, but he was not Tyler Beatty, who had 227 all-purpose yards on, let me look at the numbers, 28 touches, which is six more than Larry Roundtree averaged last season. Tyler Beatty ran 25 times for 197 yards, and my math is actually off. He had three catches for 40 yards, so it is not 227 all-purpose yards. It's 237 all-purpose yards. Blaze Aldridge, Jay six tackles for a loss, which I don't know if that's a Missouri record, but I'm not sure it isn't. Um, three and a half sacks. Mizzou, I believe it was eight sacks as a team. I think actually, I think Makai Wingo picked one up late and that gave Missouri nine sacks. Bazelak, 257, two touchdowns. Other individual standouts, I thought, Caleb Evans uh, had an interception and just generally played a really good game. Uh, Trajan Jeffcoat had a sack, made his presence certainly known. Makai Wingo looked good. Uh, J.C. Carlise had a really good second half. Martez Manuel, uh, I thought was was a lot of places. Maybe not his best game, but uh, but I thought a lot of places. And uh, see if I can find uh, defensive stats. I would would let you guys know exactly what he did. Um, all right, defensively, Martez Manuel, five tackles, uh, half a tackle for a loss, a quarterback hurry. So you know it was was decent. Um, Caleb Evans had two pass breakups. Chris Abrams drain. I should have mentioned Chris Abrams drain earlier in the standouts. I thought he was phenomenal. Four tackles, uh, two pass breakups. Uh, the sacks were Aldridge three and a half, Nicholson one, Sean Robinson one on a beautifully timed blitz. Isaiah McGuire one, Trey John Jeffcoat one, Makai Wingo one, Realist George one, and then Kobe Whiteside and Akeel Byers split one. So those were uh, those were the defensive stats for you. Solid game from Basilak. 
not maybe spectacular, but uh, probably a little room for improvement, but never really put the ball in harm's way, managed the game, kept Missouri at arm's length. I didn't personally feel like there was a time in the, the fourth quarter that Missouri was really in danger of losing that game. I, I don't know if, if other people did, um, but I, I never really was too nervous about it. Um, you know, so let's uh, let's roll through real quick some of your guys' questions and comments that maybe we missed. Uh, Breakfast King said a little underwhelming, but the first game, Josh, uh, not ideal, but you know, not not bad things to like this week. Uh, Striker Lynn says Beatty, the only reason they aren't 0-1. That might be a little strong, but but he's certainly the biggest reason uh, they were 0-1. Case, I, I don't know, maybe Barry Odom loses that game. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, David Dowell says next week will tell us a lot more than today. No question, man. Uh, Kentucky's going to be a test. Uh, they're, they're a good, solid team. Missouri goes and wins that game. I'm going to tell you they're, that I think they're ahead of schedule because I picked them to lose that game in the preseason. I'm going to pick them to lose that game this week. I, I, I'll tell you, i probably pick Kentucky to win that game by 7 to 10 points. That's what I expect to happen. Uh, but, you know, that game's definitely going to tell us a lot. We're going to go uh, back to the phones. We got 309 area code. Who am I talking to in the 309? Hello. How are you guys doing? Not bad. How are you? Who am I talking with? Uh, uh, Dick Wiley. How are you guys doing? I'm doing all right, man. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear it. What do you want to talk about? Is this uh, the Mazodcast? It is not the Mazodcast, man. I think uh, I think that's somewhere else. Oh man, what is this? Then? This is the Power Mizzou post game show. Oh well, if I could say one thing. Sure. I would like to say that uh, I would like to see Mizzou do a lot better than this week than Mizzou did. Yeah. Not not good enough, you don't think? I don't think they're good enough. I think we have a lot better than us. I think Coach Strength could coach a game a lot better than this game, but I think we have a lot of, group, lot of room for growth, but uh, I believe in this team. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Next week will be a big test, man. It will be. I believe in it. All right. Well, Dick, we will pass along your belief, man. I will. All right. Have a good night. <laughs> All right, buddy. Have a good one. Uh, I, I think Dick is well on his way to having a good night. I don't know where the 309 area code is, but Dick Wiley's having, he's going to have himself a good evening, man. Uh, probably already is to be quite honest. Uh, so yeah. Um, Garrett Dollins is central Michigan. Good. Uh, maybe. Um, I think they're decent. Like I think they're what I thought they were. They're a solid team that on the right day can beat Missouri. Um, they're not a pushover, but they're not great. I, I think, um, Travis, five wins and no bowl game would be rough. I agree that that would be rough. Um, okay, 
Uh, Sin to criticize drink here, but he has to stop using Mookie as a screener and jet sweeper and use him as an actual pass catcher. Maybe so. Um, look, Mookie Cooper, I thought, struggled a little bit today. Um, and they probably, he hasn't practiced much, right? Um, they're probably learning still kind of how to use him. He had three carries for zero yards and he had four catches for 12. So he had seven total touches for 12 yards. Obviously not ideal. They're probably figuring out a little bit about how to use him and, and what to do with him. So, and that was his first football game in three years. So let, let's see as it goes along, certainly, uh, what changes. All right, we got the 940 area code. Who's on the phone? This is Ed from Denton, Texas. What's up, Ed? How you doing, man? Hey, uh, good. Uh, just two things. I just got on. I've been watching. I've been listening to the Missouri wrap-up show and everything. Uh, two points. Uh, Carlisle. Uh, played really, really well in the second half. Yep. And he wasn't out there the first half. I think they hurt him. I think that hurt the defense. And the, the other thing is, I, I think they're a little bit vanilla. Uh, he wasn't under center very much. I, I, I think they didn't want to show too much uh, waiting for Kentucky. So those, those are my two comments. Totally agree with the first point. I don't really agree with the second point. I don't think Missouri's good enough to say, "Hey, let's just let's go basic and and win the game." Um, I, I think, especially with the new guys. I mean, there was a flea flicker in there. There were a lot of jet sweeps. They were throwing the ball deep. I think, and I think we hear this after every first game of of the year. I think a lot of people, you know, optimistically say, "Well, I th- I don't think we did everything we're going to do." And of course, they didn't do everything they're going to do. But I think that's the basic identity of the team you're going to see. Um, I don't think they're holding. I mean, they may they're holding a couple plays back, but I don't think they're holding like a whole packages back or anything. There was one time they were down there and they just needed a yard for I forget what it was a first down or a touchdown yeah, or something like they that. They threw the ball and they didn't have a heavy package yet. Yeah, no, they. they I, I thought that was a surprise. Yeah, they threw they threw the ball on uh, on on fourth and one, tried yeah. to get Kiki Chisholm and didn't get him. So that's the kind of play where if it works, everybody goes, "Oh, that's so smart, going against tendencies." And if it doesn't work, everybody says, "What the hell are you doing?" Right? So. Well, I just I just think against Kentucky, they might still throw the ball, but they would have have a heavy look, you know. With yeah. Big, big, big people in the backfield. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll come up with a couple of wrinkles for that game. Win. Yep, yep. Well, Ed, appreciate the but call, man. Win is a win, especially a ten-point win. Absolutely, good to complain after a win for, one, for sure. One, yeah, and one thing that's always hurt us—not always, but has frequently hurt us—has been the uh, special teams, and it was, it was really, really good. The kicker and the yep. putter and. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more. So yeah, and they caught all the punts. So that's 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 a positive yeah. development. <laughs> Very big improvement from last year. So Ed, I appreciate it, man. I got another call, but but uh, thanks for being part of the show. Take, take care, Gates. Thanks. All right, have a good one. All right, we got the uh, five seven three area code. Who am I talking to there? Hey, Gates. This is Michael. What's up, Michael? How you doing, man? Good. Driving from the game. Um, Watching it live, uh, it seemed like the linebackers were getting caught up in the swamp and and all the mess from the other line, and yeah. it was Kentucky's, you know, really scaring me more and more, uh, especially as they do that run game and they have such an amazing all well, offensive line. And, yeah, man, those linebackers. If Blaze was not blitzing, he just if his hair's on fire and he can go and pack, I mean, he just 
he does amazing, but man, the linebackers just kept on getting swamped and looked like the D line were not having their head up and when they're in the gaps looking for the ball. But great game is good to see fundamentally good football and not crazy mistakes for once on yeah. the home opener. So that was good to see. Yeah, I mean the opposing team had ten penalties and two turnovers. Missouri won both those battles. Uh the linebackers a, a, a few people have made that point and so enough people have said it that that I trust you guys are probably right. What I've said is I'm trying to to do enough things during the game that that I have a hard time focusing on like a specific position that's off the ball uh, a lot of the time. So I, I don't want to like unfairly criticize linebacker play when I'm not sure, but enough people have made that observation that I think, uh, I think it's probably fair at this point. Um, yeah. And look, linebacker was, it was a concern of mine coming in. It's a concern of mine coming out of this game. And uh, Kentucky, I, I think a lot of, I, I think most Missouri fans have viewed that as a toss up game all along. I think maybe today made a few more people realize, Oh, Hey, that that's kind of a game. We better take a little bit seriously next week. Yeah. Um, one more thing. What's your thought on uh, the offensive line and the running game? It seemed like they kind of uh, Eli didn't have much trust in the yeah. the running game, especially when it was fourth and two or three and two, and, and decided to throw. But other than that, good game and MIT. Yeah, appreciate the call, Michael. And yeah, I think I mean you're right. Look, throwing the ball on fourth and one against Central Michigan says you don't have a lot of trust in your offensive line, and it's what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, they have guys, but I mean, do they have guys? You know. I think they have more guys, and I think Tyler Beatty uh, kind of uh, kind of hid some of the uh, hid some of the potential issues in that uh, in that line as well. Let's go three one four area code. Who am I talking to? Yeah, it's uh, Peyton from three one four. How are you doing? Not bad. What's up, Peyton? How you doing, man? Good, good. Just wanted to uh, discuss with you um, the receivers. So with with um, and early in the game, they took some deep shots to um, Dominic Lovett. Yep. What happened? They, he left the game, or did they not use him anymore? Maybe they thought he was going to catch the ball, or. Yeah, I, I'll have to check the snap counts. I mean, I know they took two deep shots to him, and and he got he was definitely open on one of them, and Basilak kind of missed him. The other one, he wasn't super open, but but they came close and and didn't make the connection. Uh, he kind of got a hand on it. Um. You know, I'll have to see. I don't know how much he was in in the uh, in the second half. He he didn't catch a pass, so because he didn't catch a pass, I can't tell you how many times they targeted him. I'm going to assume just those two. Um, so, yeah, I'll have to look at the snap counts in the morning to know for sure if he if he was on the field much in the second half. He's probably right now a little bit more of a situational guy I mean he's definitely going to play and he's going to get targeted but but maybe not a guy that's going to be out there for 40 snaps a game like say Towski Dove or or Kiki Chisholm's going to be at this point yeah I just said I just think that they need to they explosive receiver on the outside if they're going to have any uh, oh, real yeah. success with the downfield you know game this year and with with Lovett, I feel like he gives you an aspect. If Yuki yep. Cooper can kind of get going, and they can, um, you know, I don't know if he was injured a little bit today, and yeah. probably just had a little bit of a rust. But I like. Um, I mean, I think Boo Smith I, I think and Chance Looper can give him that too. Um, you know, I mean, Boo Smith went 70 yeah. yards on the first play from scrimmage, and and I really like Chance Looper. I, I think he's a kid that's going to have a good year. Yeah. Well, thanks, kid. All right, thanks a lot for the call, man. Really appreciate it. And uh, now we got the five seven three area code on the line. You still with us? 
I think so. Yeah, yeah. Who am I talking to, man? It's Tyler. Hey, Tyler. How you doing? What's going on? A couple observations, I guess. Um, and one question. So, the uh, I felt like the defensive or offensive line was kind of uh, struggling most of the game. Mm-hmm. And I thought kind of, that could be a concern. But the defensive back play throughout the game, some some folks think it may be a concern, but I thought I thought it was, they they played very well. Yeah. Um, throughout moving very much pressure early. And I just, what what your thoughts on that was, what what whether the coaching staff maybe trying to play out um maybe personnel and maybe maybe there'll be some changes from this week to next week yeah. from personnel's part on that because I thought they played pretty well. I, 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 I agree. Other than offense, I thought it struggled, but other than that, I played pretty well overall. Yeah, especially the defensive backfield. I thought Ennis Rakestraw had a rough first half. Um, you know, but I thought they got a lot better when Jalen Carlise came in in the second half. Uh, but Chris Abrams drain, very impressive. He earned the start next week. I thought that Caleb Evans earned a start next week. Um, you know, whether you want to start Rakestraw or, or Birdine on the other side whatever that's that's up to the coaches but they had played six corners in like the first three drives of the game they trotted a lot of guys out there man they they really took a lock at, uh, look at a lot of dudes Makai Wingo and Realist George got some pretty good run at defensive tackle uh, Johnny Walker was in a defensive end toward the end made a tackle for a loss I think so they played a lot of guys tonight and that is I think that is in part so that next week they they have a little better idea of separation. Okay, we've seen these guys in a real game. Here's who stepped up. Here's who we like best. So that guy's going to get more snaps next week. The rotation's going to look different. Some of the guys that were out there this week are going to be out there less next week because Kentucky is, and that's that's where I think the difference is between Central Michigan and Kentucky. But I thought the secondary played well overall. I mean, they gave up 295 yards, but I mean. Central Michigan quarterbacks threw 47 passes, you know. Um, the passer rating was like 102, uh, two touchdowns, two picks, uh, 24 for 47 for 301. That's that's not bad. That's an average of, what, about six yards an attempt. He's the number three recruit. Year, so. Yeah, yeah, Jacob Sermon. He was once very highly thought of. Uh, obviously, hadn't quite worked good. out that way, but but yeah, he's not bad. And then heck, the backup came in and threw a beautiful pass back in the corner of the end zone on his only throw of the game. His his quarterback rating was four hundred and eighty. So he may be better than a lot of quarterbacks face this year. So could be, could be. Yeah, but no, I agree with you, Tyler. Overall, uh, more positives than negatives out of this one. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Well, appreciate you being part of it, man. Thanks. All right. Have a good night. Uh, Tyler joining us on the on the phone, and appreciate everybody who has done so. Appreciate all you guys who are who are here uh, watching along, whether you've called in, commented, or, or you're just kind of hanging out with us. Uh, hit the like button um, while you're here. Hit the subscribe button to the channel. Um, and, again, I know there are a ton of comments that we maybe have not gotten to. Uh, but hey, that's that's part of the the deal. We always focus on the uh, on the phone lines and and all that. So uh, yeah, Spencer kind of making the same point I was making: two hundred ninety-five on forty-seven attempts, two TDs, all that not bad. Um, let's see. 
Uh, yeah, Stuart, the old saying is your team makes its most improvement between the first and second games. Maybe. Um, I, Missouri certainly would, would like that to be true. I think they'll need it to be true. Next week's going to be a test, man. Kentucky's a, Kentucky's a solid team. I don't think there's any question about it. I think next week is, is going to be a dogfight between two teams that I think Kentucky probably has a little bit of a talent edge over Missouri. Um, certainly a more talented team than Central Michigan. Um, but, you know, hey, go down and take your shot. Um, and that is the first game that can kind of swing the outlook of the season. Because, again, I think Missouri's going to be about a touchdown underdog in that game. Uh, Kentucky won big today against a bad team. Missouri won, I don't even want to call this a close game. It was like a... It wasn't a walk, but it wasn't a close game. There was there was not much doubt with five minutes left who was going to win this game. Uh, can we talk, by the way, real quick? Um, maybe you guys disagree, but Central Michigan got the field goal to make it 31-24 with 240 left, and then they kicked deep. Like, what are you doing? Onside kick. If If Missouri gets it, and they're already in field goal range. Who cares? I, I don't understand why. I, I don't understand. I thought I thought Central Michigan gave up any chance it had to win the game when he kicked the ball deep. And then the very first play, Tyler Beatty goes 60 yards, and they're in better field, field position than they would have been anyway. So I know we tend to focus a lot on the mistakes, the strategic and coaching mistakes that the team we follow makes. But sometimes the other team, you're going, hang on, man. What are you doing? Um, and, and that really, I'd forgotten about it till just now, but that really stuck out to me. That was a, a 31-24 game with about two and a half minutes left. And, you know, it wasn't a good chance, but Central Michigan, if you onside kick the ball and get it there, you got a chance to win. And they just said, now we're good, man. We covered. We'll just, we just kick it deep and, and let Tyler Beatty go for 60. So I didn't love that decision on uh, the part of um, um, whoever the Central Michigan interim head coach was breakfast king of Loyola certainly agrees with me so uh, appreciate that man glad to have you here and uh and yeah Spencer says they missed Jim McElwain at the end of the game and and yeah good I'm glad to see you guys all agree because I had forgotten about that but it really stuck out to me at the end of the game I don't think Eli Drinkwitz kicks that ball away and I don't think Jim McElwain kicks that ball away um so appreciate all you guys being here, man. The the viewership was great throughout. The uh, participation, the calls were all great. We had a little little uh, fun along the way. Hopefully, hopefully you guys learned something. Maybe, maybe not. Whatever. Hopefully, you just maybe had a beer and enjoyed listening to the show. Uh, made your drive home go faster. Made your evening go faster. So uh, Mitchell and Joel Lorenzi are, I'm sure, hard at work um, doing stuff on the site. I've got a couple things to write after this, so I'm going to go take care of that. And uh, who knows, I might even catch a few minutes of Clemson, Georgia. So appreciate you guys being here. Tomorrow is our only day where we're not streaming on the live sh on the uh, YouTube channel. We take Sundays off. We'll be back Monday with, uh, with the weekend recap. Mitchell and I will break this down. Monday through Friday, we got shows. We'll have two again next Saturday. I think Mizzou's a night game in Lexington, so we'll start a little bit later. The night shows sometimes get weird, man. But uh, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Thanks so much for watching. One more shout-out to the Boulevard Brewing Company. Uh, when asked, David, has, uh, David asked about the press conference. So last year we started with the press conference. We started this show with the press conference on video. We can't do that this year because it's not on Zoom. So I don't have video. 
I'm 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 at my house. I I was not at the press conference. Mitch and Joel were, and they're going to have a lot of the quotes and post game stuff for you. Um, but last year the post game press conference was on Zoom. Now it still will be on Zoom on road games. So on road games, I may very well hop on that, record that, play that for you guys here um, on the post game show. But on home games, no press conference, um, and, and that's the reason why. So uh, yeah, so. Appreciate all your guys' comments, all you guys being here and being a part of this. And once again, thanks to Boulevard Brewing Company for sponsoring it. I want to encourage you for the tailgates in the future. Hey, swing by, whether it's Macadoodles, whether it's Hy-Vee, whether it's uh, Schnooks, whatever. We encourage Macadoodles because they also help us out and sponsor us. But maybe you go to the Brewing Hall in Kansas City before you leave town. Whatever you do, man, pick up some Boulevard for your tailgate next Saturday. And, hey, pick up some Boulevard just any day of the week. They got uh, got plenty of beers. Um, they got the new Quark seltzers out, um, so I want you to try those. They had the Fling Cocktails, which we had some of last year, so encourage you to try those. Whatever you do, man, help out Boulevard. They're a, a good friend to us. Thanks to all of you guys for watching, and uh, we will be back next week, but also we'll be back all week long. So appreciate you guys joining us, and we will catch up to you later on.